Outdoor Explorer. I'm your host, Lisa Keller. When Alaska Airlines captain Jody Harskamp took leave due to the pandemic and her children's school shifted to online learning, she and her husband, Neil Stanbury, decided to take school on the road. In the first episode of this series, I spoke with the Stan Camp family after they had toured the parks of the Pacific Northwest. In the second episode of the series, it was the parks of California, the state with the most parks in the nation. At the end of their stay in California, they were planning a five-day backpacking trip into Death Valley National Park. They arrived at the park just before Los Angeles County went into lockdown and were forced to leave the park and abandon plans to also visit Joshua Tree National Park. Instead, they headed for their next destination, Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. As they start to head east through the southwest, plans again shift as the nighttime temperatures in the desert states start to dive and they find themselves heading for the warmest state during the winter, Florida. Keep listening for more on Outdoor Explorer. Jody Harskamp and Neil Stanbury, along with their children, Tui and Leaf, are joining me again to tell about their adventures homeschooling on the road. Thanks for joining me again today, Stan Camp family. Hi. Hi there. Hi. So um, last time we were chatting, you were in Death Valley. And let's kind of pick up from there what happened when you got to Death Valley, because that was in December. And kind of everything was hitting the fan at that point in California, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, we uh, went over to Death Valley with some um, backcountry permits. Uh, we were going to camp for like two days in the normal campground and then head out on a five-day backpacking um, through, we had uh, backcountry permits and then um, California went into lockdown and that included LA County and Death Valley is in LA County. So they canceled all backcountry permits and shut the campground down. So um, everybody had to va- vacate the campground. And then they actually came through around 10 a.m. and started telling people they had to leave. Um, we had until noon to vacate. And we actually just decided at that point to leave California. We, we were, our intentions were to do Death Valley and then go to Joshua Tree, but all of that was gonna be shut down. They said for at least three weeks. And so we just decided to leave California. And then, so like we talked about before, you just have to be super flexible in on a road trip of this type. So we packed up the truck. We did a hike. I uh, went for a bike ride. You were still allowed to hang out in the national park. You just couldn't camp or spend the night. So we uh, spent the day in Death Valley and then we left the state and we decided we were just going to make our way over to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in, um, we stopped at the border of uh, Arizona and Nevada, and um, and we also drove the children down the strip of Vegas. So, you know. <laughs> was it was it crowded? No, <laughs> there was actually uh, um, we had tacos. We had tacos. Yeah, yeah. We, my mom said there's these delicious tacos, and we went in there, and they had these huge knives, and they had the steak like dripping, and they like cut strips oh, on cut it. Strips oh off. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we literally drove down the strip. We wanted them to see that, and then we we bought tacos, and we drove back up the strip, and then we drove out of the strip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we literally um, spent probably two hours there and then we just hightailed it out of there um uh yeah so we we didn't stay stay too long there uh was it was it kind of surreal to be in las vegas when it's not crowded 
I mean, I assume you got you. I assume you know Neil and Jody have been there when it's crowded before. You know, I, I don't want to uh, jump ahead, um, but you know, there's we we also spent time in Panama City in Florida, and um, there is Vegas was like this too. There's nothing more depressing um, than a tourist town without any tourists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so wow. so Vegas was yeah. was kind of that way. So we didn't we didn't hang out. Well, the funny thing is the people that were there, uh, somebody pulled up next to us and took our picture because we looked so ridiculous with our rig, with our bikes and our tent and our, you know, jacked up uh, um, <laughs> rig that we were the show when we were driving <laughs> the strip. That's for sure. <laughs> so you provided some entertainment at least. <laughs> we provided some entertainment, but we... We figured, well, we were near Vegas. We should just drive down the strip and show the kids, you know, the, the lights of Las Vegas. But it was it was really depressing because there was just nobody on the streets. And wait, are we in Grand Canyon? And then we um, we hightailed out of there and spent the night um, at a lake, at a, a there, giant lake. Yeah. And there was there was a giant plane in the middle B, of the lake. B twenty nine bomb to be exact. There's a giant plane. Wow. Yeah. Remember there was a there was a plane crashing on Oh yeah. yes, that's right. And then, but then it was kind of funny because the night we pulled up, it was really dark and we had our flashlights and we were like quiet. And we were just like, I'm gonna go like firewood. And then like everybody, my mom, um, my dad and I were like, has anybody seen Leaf? And he's been like lost in the campground. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't pay attention <laughs> and you just start walking around and then you're just like oh we've lost again <laughs> free range parenting exactly <laughs> you have a long leash <laughs> a very long leash especially when you live uh in a truck and everybody needs some personal space uh away from one another so he went on to collect firewood but we um we were at lake mead and um we uh, just spent the night there and, uh, you know, the next morning we got up and we drove um, over the Pat Tillman Memorial Bridge, which is on uh, Spans, um, well, and Hoover Dam. So we, and the Hoover Dam's closed. So most of those attractions or um, things that are indoors were all closed. Well, the, tour, the tours were, were closed. The so tours were still closed. Walk on the bridge. It was actually, there was very few people and it was, um, I was wearing a Christmas hat. And we, cause it was coming up on Christmas. And so we, mm -hmm. we were able to, I, th I don't even know, I was wearing shorts. So it wasn't too cold, but it also wasn't super warm, but it was a beautiful, beautiful day. When yeah. you were, but it was kind of fun. Cause when you were on the dam, you can, you were, you could stand in, um, what, what country? Oh, in oh. the state, in the stand yeah. one foot in Arizona, one foot in Nevada. Yeah. That's right. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, you have that amazing um, view now. Last time I was there, and also the last time I was in Vegas, was in 1997. Oh, and wow. my recollection of Vegas was all those shows that were on the Strip. And of course, they weren't being run. You know, they were free. Um, but of course, they were they were all closed down because of COVID. But of course, the Pat Tillman Bridge did not exist back then. Right. Mm -hmm. So to be able to walk across the bridge was a new experience for me. And then the outlook that you get looking down on the dam is a great view um which i'd never seen before was 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 really great yeah yeah that's really cool yeah and then we uh hightailed it over to um the grand canyon so we of course shifting gears i started calling around to um the the forest service and seeing if we could get some backcountry permits last second backcountry permits for um for the grand canyon and 
so it just so happens there was this giant storm moving in and everybody was canceling their backcountry permits because who in their right mind would actually hike into the Grand Canyon during a like a snowstorm? <laughs> a just high, some Alaskans. <laughs> a high wind advisory, a winter storm alert. And uh, the National Park Service is like, are you prepared to hike into you know the storm? And we're like, we're Alaskans. And I think her comment was something like, oh, Oh, say no more. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just put your credit card number, right? So we got some backcountry permits last minute, which was crazy because um, those are booked up, you know, years in advance. So we were able to show up in the Grand Canyon. We camped a few days outside just to get ready for those uh, permits. And then we were able to hike all the way down to the uh, North Rim was closed because of snow. And so the South Rim at the time had very little a little snow in the parking lot but nothing too extreme and then it was completely dead like very few people and we saddled up and got a uh, hike down to um do you remember the name of the campground right bridal angel bright angel yeah so we went down to bright angel and followed the mule track down and spent the night down there we spent two nights in the canyon and then on the way up was when the storm hit. Yeah, so I, you can tell the, the so, crazy story. <laughs> no. We had just finished this really long switchback that was so boring. And oh. then <laughs> hiking along and I was I knew we were so close to the first campground where we were camping. And I was so tired. So I was like so like there was a spring in my stuff. I was like, yay. And then um we it started like kind of raining. Like it started off with just wind, isn't it? No, just wind. Yeah, just a little, little rain. wind and a little rain. So we just stopped and I'm like, let's just put our rain jackets on so in case it just starts downpouring on us. So we put our covers on our backpacks and put our rain jackets on. And then we had, then we took a, took a break and took a snack and we saw these guys and they were in their shorts and they had like, I don't know they had like no rain gear or anything and then my mom's like and one of them had like muscle pains <laughs> oh no <laughs> and cramps yep <laughs> we okay then my mom's like do you need some electrolytes and the guy's like yes <laughs> and then and then um so then we kept hiking and then we go around this corner and a blast wind well, it was like, it was kind of amplified because we were in a, a bit of a canyon and it just it just the the direction of the wind was just you know tearing through that canyon um and it was just it, it didn't last very long it was probably all done within half an hour but it was it was pretty extreme and no, like no. 30, 37 knot gusts 37 knot gusts with like blowing 25 knots and like knocking us over and then we literally i mean it was pouring so oh. hard that we i mean i knew it was snowing at the summit but then I look over at the kids and they're just. <laughs> so then, like, where do we yeah, seek refuge? No, no, like I was being blasted by the wind and I was laughing the whole time because it was just so crazy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't see anything. And I was like soaking wet. And then we, I, I, I pointed out this cave up on the hill. I'm like, guys, what? Like shines and. <laughs> 
And then it's like, we all scramble up there. And then we're just sitting there. My mom makes us hot cocoa. We made some hot cocoa. Oh, nice. But then, hot cocoa. But then cocoa. the people with shorts and nothing and leg cramps came walking by. And they were like, looked so miserable. And I tried calling down to them to make. Um, make them come up here, but they couldn't hear me over the blasting wind. Oh, wind wow! Strong. Uh, it was like it hit me, and then my backpack started pulling me backwards, and I fell. Poor Leaf. I I think I had to walk behind you to make sure you could stay upright because it was so <laughs> strong. I it was just gonna blow this little eight year old off the the mountain. So because you're like on the trail that like if you make a misstep, you're gonna go off, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, we got climbed up in that cave and just uh, hunkered down for about an hour. And then, um, yeah, I did a little uh, trail help for those folks that were slightly unprepared and having difficulties. Um, uh, yeah, they didn't have any rain gear. They were very but unprepared. we were so close to the campground so it wasn't that bad yeah we but, got into the campground and everybody the, was the campground and then this so we set up the tent and the guys that we saw with like nothing were camping next door to us under the like roofy things i don't really know what they're called um pagodas and then so this is how they warmed themselves up they took their gas stove and they'd like turn it on for a few seconds and warm their hands up. <laughs> <laughs> They were yeah. seriously unprepared then. Like they didn't have any gloves yeah. or rain yeah. gear or anything. Wow. It's, it's one of those things that uh, you, you forget to appreciate, you know, living where we live in Alaska. But uh, that's a good example of like, you know, being unprepared and how things can go wrong very quickly. Um, and generally down there, you can get away with it. Um, but you know, we've kind of learned and we really want to teach our children that living where we do, um, you know, that may not be the case. You need be, need to be prepared all the time and yep. things really do happen and they happen very quickly, you know, um, mm-hmm. be ready for that. So, but then when we woke up from the campground, we just packed up and we started hiking to the top and that was the day where it was like, ah, yeah, there was a lot know, of, a lot of was, snow. No, it was like a nice hundred, like I don't know. It was very steep. And very like, steep. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw, we saw these cool doll sheep, and they had their huge big horn sheep. A big horn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're showing your Alaska roots. So this is what I thought when I saw these. Everybody, when they come to Alaska, when they're touristing, they're so cool. I'm just blown away. And then when I go to the, um, the Grand Canyon, I'm like, wow, look at these cactuses. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> exactly. I know. That is, it's such a different experience to be in the Southwest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, then, that, that, yeah. that desert, that desert terrain is something we're just not familiar with at all. And it's fascinating. All right. It I, is. And I really love it. I mean, I really love the Southwest. I spent time in living in Telluride. And um, so that whole area, I know that like the Four Corners area, which we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but, and then my daughter being in Tucson, I just, I mean, I love Alaska. Alaska is my home and it's my favorite place, but the Southwest is probably a close second. (laughs) Ah, what other animals did we see, Leaf? Uh, We saw elk. What was down in the campground? Oh yeah, we had a little visitor that dropped off a present. 
It was a deer who pooped on a campsite. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like in the middle of the night when you guys were asleep? Or? No. In, oh, yeah. <gasps> Ooh, I remember. Okay, so... <laughs> So we had, we were sleeping in the tent and I don't know, I think it was the middle of the night and we heard the scream and my mom and it was a girl and she had screamed. And so my mom thought that a guy had like jumped out at her. Tried to scare her or something, you know. In the dark. And so then in the morning, she's like, she comes rocking by her cancer and she's like, did you hear a scream in the night? My mom's like, Yeah. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. I was going to the bathroom and the squirrel just looked at me. <laughs> I mean, this blood curdling scream for a squirrel. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay. But we had to, that same squirrel came to visit us and, and ate the backpack. Actually managed to eat through a little corner of the backpack to get to the trail mix. So wow very motivated squirrels in the Grand Canyon. And we were like right there, but we didn't notice the squirrel had gone uh, recon and like, you know, ran around and was able to chew a little portion of the backpack. Uh, so I, I whittled a stick, uh, it was like this big and I like, and I saw a bunch of dead cactuses and they're all dried off. And I like taking it out there, like throwing it and seeing if I could stick it into the dead cactus. <laughs> uh-huh. But when I the practices were just so cool, I just took some of their spikes. Yes, we collected some spikes to bring to show the kids in Alaska that have never seen cactus the the spikes. Yep. So we have. Oh yeah, cool. A little collection of uh, dead cactus spikes that we collected, and then um, we made it out of the Grand Canyon alive. Uh, you know, the kids did fine with their packs on and. Uh, we saw some at the very top, there was just so much snow and ice from that storm, but so there were just no people when we left. I mean, it was very, very few people. Um, and of course, um, you know, camping in the, the Grand Canyon sounds kind of hardcore because of course it was freezing at the top, but of course it was 15 to 20 degrees warmer down in the, the bottom. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. camping down in the bottom wasn't unpleasant at all. Yeah. And is it, I, I guess the biggest thing about being out there, which I mean, I think we're so lucky in the United States to have all this vast land is like number one how quiet it is oh very quiet you know yeah and then also that you're you can see the stars because there's no light pollution right right and we uh we had clear skies uh the first night and then of course the storm rolled in uh Mm -hmm. but it kind of rolled in and then it rolled right back out again so it was really I mean it was just very shocking and I feel like if you were unprepared it would probably be awful but we we were okay. So then yeah. we from uh, we enjoyed some of the day hikes around the Grand Canyon for a few days, and then we headed over to um, Page, Arizona, to float um, start the float of the Colorado River. So there's a section of the Colorado that you can do without a backcountry permit, mm-hmm. and it starts in Page at the base of the dam, and then you um, uh, float down to where the permits start. So of course it's the middle of December and most operators are not backhauling. Um, that's another kind of like in the middle of winter. I mean, the weather's perfect. It's probably was in the high thirties at night. Um, so we had um, great weather for Alaskans, but most people aren't willing to go camping in that kind of, those kind of temperatures. So we got a backhaul up uh, to the dam and page and then floated out um, and camped near Horseshoe Bend which is a very iconic picture and 
fished. You can fish that portion of the Colorado River. And um, that we had, there was nobody. We had the, the whole river to ourselves, not one person. We camped. Uh, there was some mice we were camping. Yeah, uh, they were so cool. They were. <laughs> it was true. We had like accidentally spilled it, a little bit of food on the ground, and I had like come on, I was like trying to sneak it. Like out. before we could even clean it up, this mouse came out of nowhere. Heard like one, you know, uh, little ounce of food hit the ground, and he comes out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh! And so we had uh, uh, a lot of. Uh, little mice visitors in the night looking for any morsels that we might have left behind so it was a, it was a great um it was a great little taster of the colorado you know the colorado is kind of a bucket list item for a lot of people but that to float the whole colorado you're, talk, you're talking about 22 days 23 okay. days so to, to go with the kids just for over two days um on one section um and it was all class one jesus if it if it could have if there was a class zero it would have been a class zero. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just beautiful you know you're in these canyons with these these sheer rock faces either side of you um leaf loves to fish we got to see some 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 fish because the water is crystal clear and uh, didn't catch any of course we're really good at scaring them we're not so good at catching them right. <laughs> so. so we were in this little area and we were fishing and i just I just started screaming because I saw the most biggest fish in the water. And I was like, fat fish, fat fish. And I kept like trying to catch it, but it was like not interested in anything. I was like, <laughs> but it was so big. And we didn't know what it was. We thought it was the hugest trout we've ever well, seen. Well, we looked down, we looked down on top of it, and I was like, I looked at the shape of it and I'm like, geez. I grew up in England where, you know, we did carp fishing and I said, geez, that sure looks like a carp because we'd already done a little bit of research before we put in at the river and we knew there were trout in the river and that was really all it mentioned. And I was like, geez, that thing sure looks like a, <laughs> like a carp to me. And um, sure enough, we, 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 we met a couple of fishermen a little further down and we explained what we saw and whether they had any idea what it might be. And they said, oh yeah, that would have been a carp. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So why do they mention that there's only they only talk about trout in the river? It was such a huge fish, and I'm not I'm not a fisherman and don't profess to be, but it was such a different shape than yeah. uh, you know, trout. But uh, but it was a large fish and very close to us. But no, we could not catch it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were I, trying everything. And... I tried every I tried power bait. I just tried like <laughs> I tried everything. I but could we find were unsuccessful. Fly box and tackle box. Yes, nothing would eat. So part of our rig setup was we brought our kayaks with us. So we brought two inflatable kayaks and uh, which uh, fold up to very small and, they, and they're in these containers and they went on the top of the truck. So we're able to, you know, just wing it and say, oh, this looks like a great lake to stop by or this looks like a great river and we can actually just inflate them and, and do what we want. So we were able to um, get backhauled and get dropped off. And, and the guy that backhauled us was like, are you guys prepared? to camp out here do you know uh backs you know like everybody's really worried that we didn't and we're like uh we're only out here for two days like uh, uh we're 15 miles from town i think we're gonna be <laughs> yeah and think, we're from alaska so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, i feel like we uh just living here you have to kind of be a little bit more robust when it comes to uh mm -hmm. here. so um and then when we came we saw also when we were out there what animals we saw we saw that was more big horn sheep right? and um, brown trout and the car. And the car. What about Rainbow. the birds that we saw? What, what about the? It was. It's a, a an area where they've been releasing. Oh, um, 
California condor. Yeah. California condor. Yeah. So we were able to uh, see a few of those. Um, there's like a bridge that we um, went under, but they, there's this huge cliff and they had released a few and there were um, some nests up there. So we were able to oh, cool. buy it in the morning and see California condors. When so we went around Horseshoe Bend, you could see all the little people like up on the top of the cliff, mm -hmm. like looking down. down at Horseshoe Bend. And so I was like, hi. <laughs> and then they, Did and they I, hear you? I don't know. And <laughs> I it, it's amazing how just huge it is isn't it i mean oh it's just so so big and i yeah. can how hot it is i mean we were there in december which is lovely mm -hmm. lovely time of year to go there because it's not you know 115 degrees right so, um then we uh we tootled around page for a while um but a lot of the um all the anything that was on native land was closed mm -hmm. so there was a lot of really, really cool places you could kind of go and explore, but they were all um, shut down. So we moved on and um, started, we headed over to the Petrified Forest, which was another national park. And when we camped outside the Petrified Forest, um, it was 14 degrees in the tent. So there was this really like old building that was like a gift shop. And they had parked their really old cars that can't drive outside. It looked like people were shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but then we like the campground said it had electricity, and so we. Were so like, by the, by this point, we've been cold weather camping for a little bit, and and it hadn't been a problem because we had invested in a couple of small um, electric heaters. So when we would look for a campsite really um, all we needed was a, a little outlet and we would be nice and warm and toasty up there in our tent. Um, it was kind of a parenting fail on this occasion because we made the mistake of pulling into the campsite at about nine o'clock at night. So right. too late to, to change our plan and we were committed and they did have electricity, but unfortunately they didn't have, they only had um, 220 outlet, like an RV hookup. They didn't have regular 110. So, um, so no heater. No so heater. All we were, it was so cold. <laughs> my dad, my mom, Leaf, and I just sat in the truck when my dad did everything. We slept fine, but it was, okay, wait, we woke up, it was 14 degrees in the tent with ice. Oh, yep. Oh. When we got there, yeah. um, the, um, my dad just got out of the car and they opened the car door. I'm like, shut the Oh, it's so cold. And then he's like, you should come out here. There's such cool wood. It's so petrified. <laughs> I got on my coat and my boobies. I'm just like, oh. And then I, I, then I was just so excited to be outside when I saw the wood. I was like, oh, wow. Right. And then, uh, but then we got in the tent and I set up all the beds and we just, we slept and then we woke up and there was ice inside the tent. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I was pretty warm last night. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> in our nice sub-zero sleeping bags. But yes, it was a little disconcerting to wake up with ice in the tent. So one of the limitations mm. of tent capping in cold weather is the, the temptation, you know, is to batten down the hatches and try to retain all that heat. But when you don't have that ventilation, you know, and you've got four bodies in there breathing through the night, um, you get a lot of condensation. So we woke mm -hmm. up to... to a frosty welcome, didn't we? Yes. It was it was cool in the petrified forest. <laughs> so the petrified logs looks like somebody took a saw and cut them. Mm -hmm. they cut perfectly, but it was actually they just snacked over time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool.
yeah, 218 million old uh, wood and you just walk around and it's just, I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. So the the trunks, remember the trunks petrify, right? So they turn into fossils and then the pure weight of the fossil causes it to break and it shears in a very clean manner. So you end up with these perfect um, straight, what look like cuts through the trunks of these petrified trees. And, And it's everywhere. It's just everywhere. And it's, I've never... You know, I thought it would be like two or three pieces laying around in a, you know, in a park. No, it's thousands upon thousands and um, beautiful. You are listening to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Lisa Keller. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, the conversation with the Harst Camp Stanbury family will continue. You're listening to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. Find the show anytime as a free podcast in the iTunes store or connect with us online at alaskapublic.org. You are listening to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Lisa Keller. My conversation with Jody Harskamp and Neil Tui and Leif Stanbury continues. So we uh, left the petrified forest and we thought, okay, you know, how do we want to get there? So we drove down and we went to America's newest national park, which is White Sands National Park. So it was a national monument, but one year ago it became a national park. And And that's in New Mexico. That's in New Mexico. And I have actually been there um, back in my Telluride days. Uh, So this would have been like the early 90s. So it would have been a monument at that time, not a park. Yeah. It's so new new they haven't even changed the signs yet. The signs still say it's a monument. Even the the kids' national park. Even the ranger ranger badges still say national monument. Uh um, And of course, with COVID, they haven't gotten any new signs or, you know, anything. So... We uh, pulled into there. We stopped and saw the largest pistachio. There's this giant. <laughs> this is the beauty of the lower 48 and also driving through the su- Southwestern states is like there's these giant things on the side of the road that don't make any sense. Like the right. giant Bowie knife. Yeah, there was a big giant Bowie knife. There was in uh, the town of Bowie. In the town of Bowie. Oh. And then there's the giant pistachio right outside the white sand. There's, you know, the giant. Uh, is it the lobster in oh, Key yeah. West? I mean, there's just like oh, that's so funny. random things for you to pull over and spend money, I guess. Oh, so. yeah. The, there was the biggest, uh, I think it, wait, wasn't it? Um, there was a giant teacup somewhere. There's just, just random stuff. As was we're it, wait, what was that? Um, was the <laughs> Titanic thing on? At no, that's a tourist attraction. Oh, you're yeah, getting confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. So <laughs> white sands, and then you can um, buy or rent a sled and go sledding on the sand because the kids keep asking, like, we miss Alaska. We want, we miss the snow. We want to go sledding. And then so, so we went and we, my mom was like, hey, we can go buy sled. We can go buy two sleds. And then we go there and they're like $18. A oh my gosh. So we're only buying one sled. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, when so then we were sledding and like um it was really cool four were the only ones who were like barefooted because it just yeah. felt so nice the sand was cold but it was beautiful and just fluffy and white and then you can go sledding down these um and then but then leaf leaf is just just very weird when he goes sledding he just we had built this jump and we were gonna go sledding down 
And I always just tried doing it, but then I'd put my feet out. But Leaf just like put his feet out the entire time. And then one time he was just like, my mom was taking a video and he just like flops on his belly. Like I'm like, <laughs> I get to the jump and I'm like, ah! <laughs> whole pant I'm, load full I'm of like, sand I'm in his like, pants. Ah! <laughs> So, yeah, and when you're camping, you yeah. like, able to have uh, all that sn- uh, sand down your pants. But we uh, spent the day at White Sands, and then we, well, we camped near the pistachio. That's why I remember the pistachio. And then we went uh, headed over to Guadalupe yeah. Mountains National Park in West Texas. And then we hiked the biggest mountain in all of Texas. Yes. Oh, uh, did you, Was this the mountain you ran up? So Maybe. this, yes, yeah. so we started the hike. <laughs> Uh, Tui announces that she's going to run the trail and I'm like, okay. No, so- no. Mom's like, you're not running the trail. <laughs> okay. Oh, that right. made you want to do it even more, right? Yes. So, <laughs> so then she I just, just takes off. She just takes off running and it's like 3000 feet of vertical over like four miles up to 8,700 feet total. And, and I'm the only one running. And like, Tui yeah. is just running to the top and everybody we're passing that's coming down. Cause I think it was on like a Saturday. So there was actually some people out there. I was like, did you see a little girl run? Oh yeah, she's running. She's just running up the mountain. So Tui was at the top waiting for us. I don't know where this energy came from and why you, but you just said you announced you're it running like it. Eight and miles. Total. Oh, so. And how long did you have to wait up there for everybody to catch up? No, not that long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just at the at the top, it was like getting really rocky and steep, so I just started walking the rest of the way because I didn't want to fall and crack my head open. <laughs> no, that was a good plan. <laughs> I was just so excited because I'm going to get to do the um, Mount Marathon in Seward. Oh, so you're doing a little training for Mount Marathon? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did. Nice. Nice. So that's the technically the highest mountain in Texas. Um, and the views were spectacular. We hit it on a really, really beautiful day. And um, and then right next to Guadalupe uh, was Carlsbad Caverns. Mm-hmm. And they're to- actually in New Mexico, right? So you had to come right. back into so New Mexico. It's really weird though. You cross into Texas and then like, even though you're actually still going south, you go back into New Mexico, which is- Oh, yeah. You know, the kids on the map, like it doesn't make, like for us, it, I was like, what time zone are we in? Because our phone- yeah like uh going back and forth different time zones uh because yeah it's at one point i had no idea what time it was and i didn't know what state i was in yeah <laughs> but it really didn't matter did it yeah so we go to okay. carlsbad caverns so and- it was carlsbad caverns was probably at least one of my favorites i don't know why it was just really cool and so we you book these tickets, I think, and you then you got to go on this kind of tour, like self-tour, and you would walk down these like kind of twisty, twisty stairs, and then we got to the bottom, and I had my, cam- uh, my camera I got for $15 at a garage sale. It was pretty, it's a good camera, but it, just, it couldn't get much light. I'm like, come on. So, my, and then my dad took the picture off his phone, I'm like, what it was like because all the slag pipes they had like Mm -hmm. kind of put lights where these really big ones were so you can like see them and take pictures but it was really cool because you got into this one huge cavern it's like 
It was size. It's like four football fields long. Yeah, it was so big. Actually, it for me it didn't look that big for four four football fields, but I was just like, wow. It was. And there yeah, was this like stalag mite that was like the size of a redwood. Yeah. Wow. Huge, yeah. It was huge. I, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, you know, um, I've been through a few cavern systems in my life, and I've never seen anything that large. It was mm-hmm. really incredible. <laughs> but when we got, when we, you can take all these different trails on to, on it, and there was this one like pool of water that they had put the sign upside down, so it reflected in the pool of water, so you could read it. So that oh, was, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what was it called? Like, and then we were there when uh, normally there's like, you know, 8 million bats that live at the entrance and then they all uh, fly out in the night. But during the winter months, they go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. we were not there during the the bat, you know, extravaganza, but it was like, it was still just completely and, but amazing and cool. It was so, it was so cool and so weird too. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to the end of your like self tour and there was bathrooms down. It was yeah, bad. <laughs> And an elevator. So you can take the elevator back up like 750 floor, 751, anybody, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I just thought that was and insane. I didn't know that the visitor center was right above the cavern, but um, when you walk into the bathrooms, um, it's like, they didn't like make any of the walls. They, they were just like stone walls. Like oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then I was just like, Wow, they have flushing toilets. <laughs> that was the funny like, where's that going? <laughs> I, 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 work, I work in construction and, and I was talking to the ranger because I was most fascinated with the plumbing systems that they had in this cavern to, to deal with all these people coming through because to me that was almost as uh, impressive as the cavern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we were in the petrified forest and it was freezing, I think this, yeah, we decided we we're going to just drive to Florida. So we stopped at Carlsbad Caverns and then we were going to stop at Big Bend. But this was right around Christmas. And when I started looking into any sort of campground near Big Bend, everything was booked up. And we thought, you know what? Big Bend is going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. And Big Bend is in Texas. And it's like the, the like the premier yes. uh, park in Texas. Yeah. So yeah. it's West Texas. And so we decided to avoid those huge crowds. We, and to warm up, we just decided literally over like two days, we were just going to drive to Florida. Okay, but there so just we just drove to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we were driving to Florida. It was the best part of the whole trip, mostly because Leif and I got to watch something because we rarely watch anything. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Second of all, we were driving through Texas and it just started raining just a little bit. And then a little more, and then it was like pelting rain, like oh my gosh! And, the I, rain. and then Leaf and I were just watching like something on the iPad, and we hadn't noticed it was like pelting rain. And then I look out the window, and I'm like, oh, it's just raining. Oh, it was like the rain that we went through this uh, like torrential, you know, once uh, once a century storm driving and it was um neil was doing most of the driving and it was it was pretty phenomenal pretty epic and then of course we had to pull over in camp mm-hmm. and right. this like torrential rainstorm and trying to get the tent out and put the tent away and rain um we were we were at k-way and like leash and i get out of the car and i just like fall into a puddle that's up to like my knees i'm like (laughs) (laughs) we were now now this wasn't um so you guys were just there just before the really bad storm hit right 
Oh yeah, we no, we drove through like I think the because uh, this is right around right before Christmas because we went through. Well, this is the beginning of it, probably. Right, and when we passed through um, the southwestern states, you know, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, when we got to Florida, there were like tornadoes. We missed it by like twelve hours. Wow. So they, I'm like, we just drove through there, and there were like flash flooding, tornadoes. It was, um, we just missed it. So mm -hmm. um, we got very yes. lucky. But we thought well, we're going to go to where it's warm, and then we pull into Cape Canaveral, and it's forty three <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so that storm that had moved in was a cold front, and it was parked over Florida. And we literally pull in for Christmas into Florida, and the kids are freezing. We're freezing. It's forty three degrees because we had this vision of being like super warm. We're going to get our shorts out, but, and then. Okay. Spent Christmas in this Airbnb with the really nice people. Oh wait, wait! You didn't camp there. Huh? We, got, we, got <laughs> of, um, we got out of that. We figured we could take two days and get out of the truck, and we rented. Uh, we air went in Airbnb. Airbnb. It's like your Christmas present to yourself, oh, right? Present. Well, we took a that shower. Wasn't the real Christmas present. My mom and dad had a little secret. So oh, they did. Tired. Are, are you sure you can tell the secret? <laughs> H. Okay, oh, so yes. we're in Florida, but we the entire time on this road trip, we had been listening to Harry Potter books because we were just so interested in those. Anyways, so Leaf and I were always like interested in Harry Potter. And so we, for our Christmas present, we got to stay in an Airbnb. And then one day, my mom, I was in a very grumpy mood because I hate, I don't like surprises. They just, they're just so annoying. <laughs> so my mom's like, okay, I have a surprise. And the whole time we're driving, Leaf's like, wow, there's a Harry Potter sign over there. Wow, there's another one. And I was like, what the heck? Why is there Harry Potter signs? And my friends are like, wow, there's Harry Potter signs. I wonder where those could possibly be coming from. <laughs> I'm like, then we park and then we, um, and then like, I'm just, we're just start walking and my mom's like, you do you know where we're going yet, Tui? And I'm like, no, I don't care. <laughs> and then my mom's like, okay, well, you're going to miss out. And I'm like, fine, just be nice now. Yeah. And then, so we finally get there and we're, I don't know what we're going to because Harry Potter land isn't right at the front. It's like we're in the back, so you can't see it. So we're just like going, I'm like, we're going to some type of theme park, I think. And then I'm like, we're going to Harry Potter land, I think. And yes. my mom's like, oh, I think so. so of course, <laughs> in Florida is Orlando and our children have never been to any theme park ever. They've never been to Disneyland. And for they were so into Harry Potter that um, Harry Potter world and Orlando, we that was their Christmas present when we, we got to go be wizards that's, yeah that's so, really cool it's really cool there because you could you go to into diagon alley and you can buy yourself a wand that you can actually do magic with it yes. and so you would find you'd have this map and you'd find all these little like gold circles on the ground that point to where you need to do your shape and then some something would happen because it had like a little sensor in the tip so you were just yeah you could make it rain you could make that's uh, so cool 
So uh, they really have done a, uh, a nice job. It was- uh, And my dad was like, is this real? And he's knocking on it. <laughs> so interested in the architecture and everybody's like so excited and everything else. But I was like, is this real? Wow, this is cool wood. Wow, this is- this I is think we had a better cool. time with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> was we had to have a little briefing because you know there were a few rides there. And of course, these kids have, um, okay. there's some experience up to this point has been the Alaska State Fair. So, <laughs> so being introduced Quite to, different. Um, you know, the roller coasters at Harry Potter World was um, a little bit more stimulating for their sense. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, my dad's like, have you guys been on a real roller coaster before? I'm like, yeah, dad, we go to the ones on We've Alaska been on the little State caterpillar at the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> And we were like so excited because that's what we thought roller coasters were like. And then we go on the ones and I'm like screaming. Like, oh. Yeah, you went you went from like, you know, the Fiat up to the Lamborghini. Uh that was um uh they were not prepared for that. So yeah, yeah. Did you get did you get sick or anything or was it okay? Uh, this is, no. the entire time I was writing them, I was like, Mom, did you know? Um um Roller coasters can break kidney stones. Yeah, right. Oh, really, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, if you have a kidney stone, you get a roller coaster, and it'll 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 just kind of yeah break it up. Oh, that's, that's only, good to know. Our only commercial type like thing that we did on the entire trip, everything was you know outdoors, but we did splurge for a Christmas present and went to Harry Potter World. But then we hightailed it out of there, got out of uh, humanity, and went to our first stop was um, the Everglades. So we were able to uh, get down to Southern Florida and um, now we're coming up on uh, around New Year's. So we um, reserved some cheekies, which are, so in the Everglades, there's these really, really cool uh, features. Uh, they're only like $20 a night to rent, but they're, the Everglades, there are no beaches. So like, you know, you're used to kayaking uh, down rivers you can kind of pull over on a sandbar and get out and stretch and, you know, but in the Everglades, like there's no place to get out. Like it's just all mangroves as far as the eye can see. So the National Park Service has built these platforms in the water so you can kayak up to them, get out, pop up your tent. And then there's two platforms that are connected by a little walkway and then on it is a porta potty. So- Oh, wow, cool. Totally, I can send you a picture if you wanna put it on there, but they- Yeah, that would be great. I wanna see that. <laughs> a series of probably 40 of these throughout the Everglades and part of the National Park. So you can take your motorboat, you can kayak, you can, you know, whatever you want to do to get to these, uh, these cheekies. And a lot of people who have motorboats really take advantage of them. And the, there's kayakers out there and we were able to reserve like a series of them. But um, when we got there, it was, uh, the forecast changed rapidly. Um, and so we're kayaking, we're in these, you know, these waterways, there's uh, alligators. There was some uh, I was going to ask, did you see alligators? Yeah, and our kayaks are inflatable. Oh man. And most people are like, dude, you're going out on inflatable kayaks. And we're like, ah, well, that's all we have. So we're <laughs> kayaking next to these alligators. And we're like, they're kind of like the Alaska moose and bear, which are if they're well fed and they're not, uh, humans have not fed them. They really just don't care about you. Yeah. So we were just hoping that the alligators in the Everglades were well fed and not been fed by humans. So mm -hmm. they nothing bothered us. They um, were like, actually, we have manatees for lunch. Yeah, they're just there, and there was manatees and and oh, dolphins. that's so cool. And we have to be rescued. So by you're jumping people. ahead. So the weather <laughs> changed dramatically, and we were kayaking. We did like the first 
like six miles. It was, you know, we're in these protected waterways. And then we got in this open lake um, and man, the winds picked up. I mean, were, the forecasted winds were like four to five knots and then they picked up to like 22 knots, right? And we were in this open area. Like yeah. when you go through the Everglades little channels, it's like really calm. Yeah, really calm. And then you go out and you're like, <sighs> and we're, I mean, oh, yeah. as hard as we can, Tui's trying to help, Leaves trying to help and we are literally going backwards. So we tie ourselves together and then we're kayaking and this guy pulls up in a boat and he was like, hey, do you guys need a ride? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we need a ride. <laughs> we are not ashamed to say that we need we a ride to- right now. <laughs> so we had to go, when we first launched, we just went up this little channel and then we went across this like smaller, like like kind of lakeish thing, like a small one. So we, it wasn't, it was, it was super windy, but we had to go across an even bigger Yeah, it was the big open water and lake so, that did us in. Then, so then we were just like, we had this little space when we were going to the big one and the guy pulls up and he's like, uh, where are you guys going? We're going to <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because he worked for Delta. So we, uh, um, oh, cool. Mechanic for Delta Airlines. He had this great boat. So we threw our kayaks in the boat and took us to the Cheeky and we were able to camp and have a really nice night. And another thing about the Everglades is, of course, there's no fresh water. So you have to bring all of your own water. There was no, um, you know, Alaska was so spoiled. You float a river. Uh, there's fresh water coming into usually glacier rivers. So you never really have to like plan five days of water, which we've never kayaked with that much water. So there was a learning curve for us too, but we did see um, uh, manatees, we saw dolphins, we saw of yeah, course the alligators that were sunbathing and did not bother us. Um, yes. And they don't, they can't get up on the cheekies, the no, alligators, they have it. Yeah, that's the beauty of the cheekies. Oh, yeah. But there's little slats in the cheekies. So when you set up your tent, if you have anything that's small, it'll just fall in the water. Oh gosh. You have to really make sure that you're not uh, setting all your stuff out and kicking yeah, it overboard. Actually, or... I dropped a few um, weights in the water and I was so sad. I'm like, I'm littering. Oh, oh. And then they were working on them on the lures and then they fell through the, the cracks. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and then oh, we were there, of course, when there were very few bugs because it was also New Year's. And and there was also a lot of wind. We actually had to um, yeah. use the kayaks as a windbreak that night. Yeah. Well, no, we had brought this tarp and so we like set it up like bungee cord it. Yeah. We, it wasn't that bad. It was only a little crack underneath it that would blow, but that was fine. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the, we got picked up by the same guy in the morning and he said he was going to take us fishing and stuff. And yeah, these people are so, so, so nice. Oh, that is just so amazing. Yeah. He's and like, so- you need to go. I'm going to come back in the morning and take you fishing. And we're like, okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that's kind of like the outdoor creed. Right. Is that you help people out and, and, you know, you, you give people experiences, like we would do the same thing in Alaska, you know, give somebody an experience yes, that they absolutely. wouldn't have normally. So yeah, just yeah no, they're booked into our house this summer. They're coming this summer. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. They want to come up and, uh, and so, but when they, when we wanted, we wanted to go see the dolphins and sometimes we'd see them jumping and stuff when we were driving in their motorboat. And then they said when you, sometimes when you're driving in the boat, that they would come up and they'd go in the wake, like right next to the boat. So you hear these flops and then you'd look over and they're just like flopping next to the boat. And so I was, I really wanted to see that. And then one time I'm just looking over and this dolphin body just appears. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and, then right. I'm just, and then I'm like, mom, look. And then when she looks 
it like disappears and then she looks away I'm like mom it's right there and then she looks again it's like it disappears in the water I'm like come on and it yeah they like to follow the boat and he took us fishing and uh, we camped in the Everglades for a few more days and then we went over to um they shared their campsites and then they us. shared they were very nice very nice so then we went to national park number 17 which is Biscayan Bay which 95 percent of that um, national park is underwater so mm-hmm. um you can't obviously see much the visitor center does a great job of describing you know the coral reef that's underneath there most people um scuba it and also um snorkel so it's you're very limited unless you have a boat uh and you're willing to you know scuba dive which of course we have an eight-year-old and scuba is usually around you know 10 years old so uh that national park yeah 95 percent of it's underwater so super protected um and uh probably what was that what was that uh, fish that they were teaching you about that's um oh yeah the lion the lion oh yeah yeah you get a reward if you kill a lion uh, one of these uh, fish they're invasive but you can't touch it because it has all these spikes that yes. are poisonous yeah so but they where are they originally from lionfish yeah i think yeah so then, yeah and they hitchhiked on a boat or something yeah or or did people release them because i know florida has a huge problem with people releasing right animals into the wild right i, I can't remember if it was it was probably maybe a combo because they're like fun to catch or whatever are fun to mm. and then but they're super like invasive the pike like and, the pike and a right exactly and the caribou oh on the yeah out on adac they introduced uh mm. caribou to adac but uh, my, which are not native to adac my problem <laughs> i think this my one of my favorite national parks too was dry tortugas so that was next so we went from biscayan bay drove down to key west uh through key west and then at the very very tip of key west you take another boat for three hours out to um, Fort Jefferson National Park, which is um, yeah, a three hour boat ride uh, from the very tip of Key West. And it's an old military fort that was built by slaves in, um, and it ended up not really being a fort by the time it was finished. They ended up just using it. It, yeah, was abandoning kind of, it. it was just, it was kind of um, in the pictures on the boat, they had like little TVs and you could watch like slideshows kind of all the cool pictures. Um, it showed it was so sunny and warm. I was so excited. <laughs> and we get there and it's cloudy and cold. It wasn't cloudy and cold. Yeah, well, it was kind it, it of truly is impressive. It's over 15 acres and it's a, I don't know what I visualized before I got there, but you know, the walls are like eight feet thick. I mean, this is a real yeah. deal and it's just kind of like, sat out there like on a reef like in the middle of the sea yeah and it's the strangest, it was, strangest and, it, and it's part of the united states yes it's yeah. a it was a fort built by the united states kind of out on in our land they are in our ocean basically yeah. and and they made and they made the floor of the uh fort made out of coral so they like blew up a coral oh, reef oh great <laughs> And then wonderful <laughs> up with some sort of like cement thing. And so the floors have all of these fossils in them from like all the shells and the coral. And, um, and then I mean, they just use the resources they have. Oh, yeah. Uh, really yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of crazy. Funny. Cause you go into the kitchen part of the place and there was this like sign on the wall that says, this is like, and one of the people said, my bread was made from oh. sticks and dirt and bugs. So oh. They ran out of like supplies. They would make the bread out of like 
dirt and anything out of the yard uh, make the bread look thicker and oh yeah i can't uh, yeah so that um that was our national park number 18 um and you can snorkel out there so we brought our snorkel gear well, and they gave you snorkel yeah. gear from the ferry you took it was really cool yeah we just like snorkel around and the water was warm and nice and it was nice to and by then the, the weather had uh, warmed up we were in the 70s so it wasn't like then, uh, 43 or whatever it was when we arrived in Florida. So. But we were, we were hoping we could camp there because, but you have to like reserve it to, to mm. Yes. So if you want to camp out there, that's like a reservation that you needed to be super organized. I mean, I was lucky to get some spots on the ferry. And uh, when we went out there, I mean, it's the boat ride was pretty calm and nice, but that is a, a gem in itself. Mm-hmm. You can take a plane out there. It's super expensive, but um, that is just a... I didn't know much about dry tortugas. I knew it was a national park. I didn't really know what to expect, but I mean, turquoise water, gorgeous little oh. white sandy beaches, and then this just giant military fort. Um, wow. So, a total treasure. So I, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up at this point. And yeah. I think, are we almost all the way through Florida? Yeah, that was um, the- that, Was that the last one? Well, the end of Florida is just, um, I had to go back to work. So I left Key West and went back to work and Neil stayed in Florida for what, an additional three weeks of just um, hanging out at all the state parks and the beaches and just really enjoyed warm weather before he had to head back to the coldness. We, so. we, we made a family decision that was put to the children that we can either gently make our way back across the country or we can spend longer in the warm weather and then spend a lot of time in the car, but uh, you know, make a lot of ground in a short amount of time, but the, mm-hmm. the, you all opted to stay in the warmer weather. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you so much, Jody, Tui, Leith, and Neil for joining me today. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. That's it for today's show. Thanks to my guests, Jody Harskamp and Neil, Tui, and Leif Stanbury. Visit the Outdoor Explorer page at alaskapublic.org for pictures of their adventures in the Southwest and the Southeast. The next episode of Travel School will be on May 27th and will cover the journey back to Alaska. The show was produced by Eric Bork. My name is Lisa Keller and from all of our hosts here at Outdoor Explorer, thanks for listening and we'll see you outside. Outdoor Explorer is a production of KSKA Public Radio in Anchorage, Alaska. Theme music is by Portugal, the man. Views expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect the station or its underwriters. You can find Outdoor Explorer on Facebook and in your favorite podcast app. To see what's coming up on Outdoor Explorer and add your voice to the conversation, go to our website at alaskapublic.org. Life Informed. This is Alaska Public Media.